I just can't figure out if it's because you're advanced or because I'm stunted. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. I am loving. You do not talk about Fight Club. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Glacé Film Club podcast. Yes, here we are once again to chat about film, dig deeply into it and have a little bit of a natter about what we thought about it. But of course, I'm not on my own. My fine forfended friend, Callum, is here <laughs> to dive into the review with me. And I will warn you, he's feeling a little bit ropey this week. It's not for the usual reason, so we're going to be nice to him. Callum, with a soft introduction, how are you doing today? Good evening. Is it evening? Good evening. evening. It is evening, yeah. Yeah, early evening. Um, yeah, I'm feeling quite rough, if I'm honest. Um this is the high. I mean, particularly uh, calming podcast voice this time around. Even more of a podcast voice, maybe. I don't know. Um, maybe this will be a real treat for the listeners then. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, uh, it's not booze or narcotic narcotics induced this time. Not that it ever is. I mean, it's just um, like. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I don't. What I, direction are you trying to take this podcast? I don't. I, I don't. We're meant to be clean cut. I don't. I. I don't mean that. Maybe. Maybe. maybe cut that out. Um, I. Uh, I'm joking. Um, uh, yeah. No, I'm just very ill. Um, you're looking at a broken man, Marcus, via Skype. Yeah, I mean, got- and I never like to see you broken, and hopefully you can be pieced back together very quickly. The sight of the. The uh, blanket round the the shoulders instantly mm. revealed the illness. So hopefully, hopefully the 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 power of film will rejuvenate you and take you to a better place. Yeah, I mean, although I I feel like I should just walk around with a blanket um all the time, really, because um it's actually really cozy. Um, yeah, that could be your new thing. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, yeah, it's nice. It is nice. Man with blanket. Um, but I've I've done nothing. Uh, the past few days, really. I mean, just kind of. I've been watching a lot of um, action movies. Just, no, just something I can ignore. You know what I mean? Just to get myself through the illness. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we haven't. But, but we we thought we'd, we had to bring a bit of a uh, bit of culture back to the podcast. We can't be reviewing action movies, really. When well, we could, but there's um. There's a time and a place. There is. And, there is. And the Glass A Film Club often dives to. Different planes. Not not that we want to be pretentious, but you know we have a canon that we like to address. Yeah, and well, I mean, well, well, some some film critics or snobs might I might I uh, suggest might not even say there is a a canon. Maybe I don't know. Um, We're creating it. We are the canon. <laughs> we are the canon. Well, uh, <laughs> there you go. That's the next T-shirt quote for the uh, the merchandise. But. Let's find out what film is part of the canon this week. Because we've gone way back, some real classic cinema. One mm. of the oldest films we've ever watched and reviewed. Um, you, you, you'd you been itching to see this one for a while. A nice black and white number. I'm always in for going classic and black and white. But Callum, what was the film? And can you give us one of your classic overviews of it, please? It was the 1953 American romantic comedy classic uh, a Roman Holiday, um, starring Audrey Hepburn and Gregory Peck. Um, 
as I was watching this, um, I was kind of like thinking about um, when we said we we're going to review. I was thinking, how could I introduce this? And I was like, and I, I was going to put on an American accent and, and say, I don't know, it's a chick about a, it's a, it's a flick about a chick that wants to, ex- uh, gets lost in Rome, something like that. I wanted to try and do it in the the sort of manner of a, of a, of an American reporter in the nineteen fifties, and then I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. That's just weird. And you sound like Joey Tribbiani's agent and friends. And yeah, I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, Joey, I got a great story for you. Uh, <laughs> Shall I just do it in that voice? Like, Gregory Peck is a reporter. Hepburn won an Academy Award for Best Actress for her performance. It's great. It's a screenplay as well. She Apparently, it's awesome. No, I'm not going to do it. No, that's just, I'm taking it. <laughs> you know what it is? It's like, it's the the, 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 IB, the pills. I mean, I'm, the, the IBPro, it's just sent me doolally. It really has. Like, <laughs> Fever dreams. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, I need to get, right, what am I doing? Right. <laughs> Right, so 1953 uh, romantic comedy classic. Um, basically, it starts off with Anne, who's played by uh, Hepburn. She's a, a princess for a European uh, sort of dynasty, I guess, like royal family. Um, and she's on a visit to um, to Rome, uh, and she uh, becomes really frustrated with her sort of like uh, really horrible, uh, tightly scheduled life um and she just wants to kind of get out of the uh the the, the controlled aspect of of her existence really um her parents call her, uh, her sort of uh, handlers i guess call for a doctor to see if she needs any assistance basically because it's assumed that she's basically ill um but she's not she's just really bored um and they give her a sedative to try and put her to sleep However, um, she escapes her embassy and uh, ends up falling asleep on a couch uh, somewhere in Rome. I thought I'd add, by the way, this entire movie is shot on location as well in Rome, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, they do make a point of uh, telling you that in the first frame of the film. Don't yeah, they? I, I kind of like it because it's, it's, you know, I mean, Wik- Wikipedia um, apparently... Uh, well, according to the Library of Congress, anyway, this is what Wikipedia claims. Um, it's no, the film's known for being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. So, you know, we'll unpack that as the as the as the, as the episode goes on. Anyway, Absolutely. Uh, it's set wholly on on the on site in Rome, on location in Rome. Uh, Gregory Peck um, plays an American reporter. He's based in uh, Rome. He works for an American. Uh, Newspaper, American sort of, uh, I think it's like a supplement maybe for a newspaper or an American newspaper, one of the two. Um, he uh, runs into her when she's having like a, she's like falling asleep on this bench basically. I think it's the American news service he works for. Um, and she's desperate for an adventure basically. Anyway, she can't tell him where she lives, she can't tell him where she's from because she's basically out of it from this sedative that the doctor's given her. Um, he brings her back to his apartment. She sleeps it off, um, and then uh, she ends up going to explore Rome. She gets a haircut. She completely reinvents herself, and it's a story really about um, adventure, really, um, and love, and how two uh, seemingly opposing worlds, when they come together, aren't that um, different. I guess. I mean, she comes from royalty. He's. It's kind of like flips that sort of like stable boy narrative on the head. I guess it's kind of like, um, you know. There's a, a beauty, there's a an, an extraordinary element to the ordinary aspects of life, I guess. Um, so he takes her around 
you know tour of the Colosseum. Like they're just bombing around Rome on in you know on on a Vespa basically through Roman traffic, and it's it's just really it's a really exciting movie to watch, um, and it's just really really nice. It's an, it's the exact movie we needed to watch. I think Marcus. Um, yeah, that was a very yeah. long-winded, very convoluted overview. But you know, um, hey, I liked yeah. the direction the wind was blowing. It was a very yeah. nice overview, as always, Callum. Thank you very much. Not a problem. I agree with that. It was the film we needed for so many reasons. But wow, what what a film! I mean, I'm not even going to beat around the bush here. What a film! When you suggested it, I had a quick look at the film poster. Didn't really read much into it, but saw black and white film, Audrey Hepburn. Um, romantic comedy yeah I had an idea in my head what I thought it was going to be I thought it was going to be a little bit soppy I thought it was going to be a little bit linear I think it was none of those things I think it was pretty progressive bit of filmmaking even now a lot of the things that it addresses I think a lot of the themes are very tastefully managed that could have gone in a lot of different ways and gone to Hollywood tropes whether it be the romance elements or the way that the uh, gender balance is dealt with and also the tackiness of going around Rome in this spectacular romantic city but no, it's intriguing, it's fascinating, it's funny, it throws you in different directions and it makes you think about some quite big issues. Trade relations um, amongst Europe sounds boring, but it's all built into this like political undercurrent uh, of it that's dealt with via um, the monarchy and um, how she is part of this touring uh, monarchy and she's talking about trade relations trying to bring the continent together I mean how relevant has that been over the years mm. and is still very relevant now it looks into the monarchy and the real lives of those involved and the absurdness sometimes of of institutions and then just like you said I like what you said Callum of like the extraordinary and the ordinary and it flips this fairy tale story of longing to be the princess, but actually longing to be uh, the everyday person. And yeah, this is a story that's probably been told a lot, but it's not done. It could easily have been done. This is what I expected in a kind of Hollywood fantasy way. It's grounded so much in reality, not necessarily the story itself, but the the emotions, the experiences and the the conclusions that it comes to that's what i think is so powerful i think that's what makes an amazing film it's a lot of films cover the same topics in the same areas of course they do but it's ones that when you finish watching it feel like there's a realism to the emotion and connections that are established among the characters and this 100 percent does it and I absolutely adored watching it. And like I said, from the, the comedy, which even though some of it was slapstick and some of it was just a little off-the-cuff uh, throwaway jokes, was still hilarious. It wasn't cheesy in any way. And all of it just um, added to make a very deep film, a lot of depth in what it uh, covered, but a highly watchable, enjoyable and, and funny motion picture, as we'll say, with it being a classic American film. So, yeah, wow. That's what my initial reaction was. Wow, was not expecting that. What hit you straight away, Callum? Um, for me, it was just the, the, the tone and the setting of the movie. I mean, I think 
when it because it says explicitly this this film is filmed entirely on location in Rome. I just there was a sort of like um I don't know like sort of eloquence to it. I guess it was like it was a very very eloquent movie in the uh, the themes that it that it brought out in the sense that you know it 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 is incredibly relevant and I think. It's interesting when we watch these movies, particularly movies that were made so long ago in the sort of the peak of sort of Hollywood, I guess, in the 30s, 40s and 50s. It's like at the time when we reflect, it's like they're so ahead of their time, the filmmakers of the of the of the, of the 50s, because it's like they're talking about ideals of freedom, talking about ideals of uh, media and what sells. I mean, a bit that like because obviously the there's a deception running through the movie in the sense that Gregory Peck knows who Audrey Hepburn is, but she doesn't know who he is, um, and he's like using every situation to his advantage to make a news story that will eventually make him very rich, and he brings his friend into the equation to take photographs of her um, when she's like. Um, you know, exploring the the urban tapestry of Rome, right? So it's like, it's tapping into those ideas about what sells media culture. I mean, all we got to do is just scroll through any aspects of social media or any aspects of news, and it's like, it's all clickbait, isn't it? It's like the most shocking photo, and it's like, we live in a society that's driven by sound bites and image, and it's like, for a movie that was made in the 1950s to sort of tap into that, um, set against the backdrop of a romantic um, comedy almost, I just think it's just eloquently done. It's got the the balances right in every single way. Like it's quite a political movie in some respects, but it's also a romantic movie in others, but it's also a comedy comedic film as well. Um, it's just a really, really lovely movie to watch. I also really, really want Gregory Peck's Italian flat. <laughs> like I really, really want that flat. Like he comes back and he's like, Oh, this tiny little apartment, you know, it's like, like, like it's just tiny. It's it's delicious, Gregory. Like pretty iconic. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's fantastic. Like, um, I mean, obviously you've got the you know aesthetically, it's a it's a good movie to look at as well. I mean, I mean you've got Gregory Peck and Audrey Hepburn for a start, but then just to see these two um, great actors and great performers like running around Rome, I just think is quite nice to see but the thing that sort of really got me was that sort of um how it eloquently and delicately deals with the deals with all those themes like you've got modern media culture obviously you've got the the tension with all the royalty as well like you know finding the extraordinary and the ordinary as i said earlier it's she's Anne, Princess Anne, the character played by Audrey Hepburn, is is chasing a dream. I saw a bit of myself in her as well, because there's like there's quite an adolescence to her character, and in some respects when I was first watching it, I thought uh, it's going to be a bit problematic this, it's basically going to be, particularly in the time that it was made, it was going to be like, you know, he will save her um, from her tyranny, from her chains, basically, and it's. Uh, I I assumed it was going to go down that route, but it didn't, and I think this is this is why the film was so good because, um, they they walk away from one another. They acknowledge the fact that they both had a good time and they had an extraordinary experience, and it's like that was what life's about. It's about experiences, and I I did see a bit of myself in her because she's excited by things that are new, and um, 
because sort of like going through sort of and have gone through quite a lot of sort of change i guess like post covid maybe or sort of always i mean we've had conversations with you and me haven't we in the pub about you know chasing dreams and experiences and things like that and it's um i just saw a bit of myself in this movie i think well, quite deep then didn't it like it's just because it's because it is it's because it's because i've been lying in bed or sat on the couch all weekend wallowing in my illness that's what it is like, no but that's good but that's you know what i mean it's there's an element it shows of that, isn't the it? power of the film yeah. and I'm, I'm with you on that is that and as i'm saying that the depth of the characters but the insight of them they're not shallow characters at all. No. As you said, it felt like it should have been problematic. At all the hallmarks, it was on the road to being problematic. As you say, like, innocent, naive young girl, this American guy who's trying to manipulate her to make money, but he falls in love, and he's kind of, he's lied to her so he can both manipulate her for the his job, but then he's going to manipulate her romantically as well. It felt like it was going to go in that direction, but I was trying to pick a pack because after watching it, I was like, was it problematic? I'm not sure. It felt like it should have been, and I was trying to pick the elements that I was thinking, are they making me uncomfortable? I was like, no, it's all dealt with so well. So delicately, but so intelligently. And as you say, both characters acknowledge the experience. They acknowledge each other's flaws, but they acknowledge both uh, each other's desires and what they want out of life. And that's why I think it feels powerful. And I agree, Callum, why. Uh, and I felt that connection as well, because they're both looking for something bigger in their lives. Um, but they both realize the restrictions that they have. But the meeting of minds of... They both have an understanding for something bigger than themselves, something powerful that they're trying to find in these moments. That's a good point. Even yeah. though their physical restrictions is what makes them realize that she realizes that the the royal stuff is a bit ridiculous, but she goes, I'm going to have to crack on with this anyway. And at the end where she says, "If oh, it's only because I know my duty that I've come back or I don't want to come back at all. And he goes to the press conference the next day going, it's still an assignment, isn't it? I know my restrictions in life, but it doesn't mean we can't pursue these bigger experiences, moments and fulfillments in life. And we don't have to um, let our uh, personal frustrations then be projected onto someone else and ruin both what we're after. And this is why the characters connect so well. And I think by the end, the power balance in their relationship is equal and they both um, show vulnerabilities to each other when the other has the opportunity to express power. So when Gregory Peck's uh, character has the, the power, in a sense, he does look to exploit it, but then has the realisation that he doesn't want to do that and then makes himself vulnerable when um, Anne has the power at the end. Well, and I think that shows that balance and that's why that closing scene is so powerful. Like she comes down to shake the hands. They have the moments where she's addressing the press and she speaks to him. They hand the photos back to her and that closing scene where the camera just lingers on him walking out the en- empty uh, like ballroom essentially. That's cinema. And what you were saying mm. before, like, was this film ahead of its time? Arguably. But I think maybe mainstream cinema's regressed in many ways because this was a mainstream film at the time. It's not indie cinema, this. This is films being pumped out by Hollywood at the time, tackling things like this. Whereas to get something that tackles things like this now, you have to go 
a little bit off-piste. This was yeah. what film was used for, was to tackle and in gave insights that are true and pure. And like I said, I thought this was going to be Hollywood fairy tale ending, and it's so much better for it that it isn't. It's still a positive um, message that it gets from it, and you feel you gain so much, but it's not the easy ending of them running off together and it being amazing, because that would have made it shallow. It took all the meaning out of the film. This goes to a place which gives it its meaning, gives you the connection with the characters, shows the development they have in it, and I think is what gives the film the magic. Yeah, there's a couple. Yeah, a couple of things I just want to pick up on there. That's really that point that you made earlier about how the experience being bigger than the actual person. I think that's what the movie's all about, and I think the why the reason why. It, it makes such a big deal about being shot in Rome on location. It's because it's placing the experience in a particular place. So it's not been made in a studio in in Hollywood. You know, it's been shot on location. It's like these people of these actors. Yes, it's obviously constructed and and choreographed, um, but at the same time, like it's kind of break. It's kind of trying to i guess break down that barrier between audience and experience and it's like well you could experience this get on a plane or a boat and go to a new place or a place that you've never been to before and have this experience experience everything i mean there's the scene when she's uh when she's walking through the fruit market for example um yeah. and she's like buying all these you know, fruits and stuff and it's there's an innocence there and it's it's you know it's 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 aesthetically um beautiful to watch i think for that reason um yeah and i think i mean i said it earlier about how it's ahead of its time and actually you know what i i kind of take that back a little bit like you're right you know this was a mainstream hollywood movie um the movies that are being pumped out of hollywood now it's like it's marvel or jurassic park like it is just big franchise movies isn't it and if you want to sort of see a movie that addresses um, issues around you know morality or you know experience or what does it mean to live that sort of stuff. You have got to go to the fringes a little bit, I guess. Um, and I think we should be scared of that. I think, which is another yeah, reason because this is all elements of this film feel authentic. Yeah, when it's showing you what you are getting from it. But as you say, the they make the point of showing that this is authentic, the actual filming of it all. And I think that wraps together into the the general feel of it. And that's what we want from film. We want authentic experiences. We don't want, we don't want prefab films, do we? Like, no, we want indeed. authentic individual films. Well, I think one thing, the reason why I really like the movie is because I felt like I was participating in something that was a little bit, I felt like I was participating in something that was uh, um, unique to me, I guess, in a way. Because yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I remember you saying, we were having a conversation about, you know, the, the series Normal People. Mm-hmm. Um, when you, was, you were talking about how you felt like it was personal to you or like you you were involved in the story. You said something along yeah, that like line. Yeah, like it was mine. Yeah, exactly. I felt, like it was mine. I felt like that with this movie, with Roman Holiday, because I thought, I felt like, because I saw a bit of myself in Audrey Hepburn in the sense that, like, wanting new experiences and wanting to explore new places. Um, but at the same time, because it was, like, that was layered over with the sort of the 
the black and white film of of Hollywood. There was just kind of like an aesthetic, a really aesthetic history to it, I think. And obviously it's set in ancient Rome. It's ancient Rome, isn't it? It's like, it's mm-hmm. the past versus the present. It's like, you know, it's they're, they're bombing around Rome on a Vespa, like experiencing new things. They are achingly modern. These are some. Um, they are a modern, youthful couple exploring the world. And of course, she represents a past, doesn't she? Like she represents dynasty and heritage, and like, um, she represents dynasty, heritage, and catalog. I guess she represents everything that Peck doesn't. I guess. And that's why the relationship works, and that's why I think the film has such gravitas to it and such drive because she does. She's rejecting that inherited power, that inherited wealth, that inherited experiences, that inherited life, and he's kind of he works for a newspaper. He's responding to the world. He's responding to how things are operating, and that juxtaposition I think really works. Um, and it, and because it's set in it's. It's set in Rome, you know, the ancient capital of Europe almost. Um, there's a, an added level of beauty to that, I think. Um, historical, but also uh, intellectually as well. Um, I think one thing that drives this movie is that relationship between the two. And they are just, they're both excited to be alive. And I think, you know, when you said the experience is bigger than the individual, yeah, is absolutely true like you can chase experiences but then the experience becomes bigger i mean she even says at the end um this is my favorite place on the whole tour i will never forget it and then he walks off he walks down the halls of power almost um embracing the experience then it's like that will always be an experience for him and i'm so glad it ends that way i would have been it would have been a bit kind of like um uh, stereotypical or immediate for them to get together um, too obvious uh, but for, for them just to walk off and acknowledge the fact that it was an experience um, I think he's even more powerful, it adds power to yeah, to yeah. the experience it's like, um, I was saying to you off mic, I was like, god I spent so much money on experiences and it's like so what, I've had reflection, it's like but I've had the experience and I've had a good time so, so what, like because that can never be taken away. That's the thing. And what I love about the ending yeah. is that they they life wins against the control of the establishment. Yes, like def- yes, she yeah. still engages with her control life. He goes back to his, but they both know that life has won because they've not allowed it to control them. They've not then fought it and then been put back in the place. And I think just going back to what you were saying there about they're this like a modern couple um navigating around a time where there's still a lot of the past controlling their lives especially in her life with the um her role as a princess and the political thrust of what's going on and she's doing this like diplomatic tour yeah this feels like it's i think contextually in the 1950s we were chatting off mic about, okay, this is where Queen Elizabeth II was coronated. It's just after the Second World War where we're seeing old regimes and centres of power, European centres of power, maybe move towards a, a modern way of looking at things and a different structure. And maybe life is the centre of that rather than control, yeah, rather yeah. than um, bod- bodies of power. And this film 
without doing it with a huge fanfare, absolutely addresses that. They are a modern couple diving into this new world. And even though the old world is still holding them down, it's their own small act of rebellion that no one can take away from them and is satisfying for themselves and those are involved. And they accept that, understand it, and add so much to the life for it. And I think that's why it works so much, the ending and how it wraps. And that's why... I connect with it and probably from what you're saying you connect with it so much because that's the message of it it's not like it's it's mildly anti-establishment in that way but it's not a hey man middle finger up to the establishment let's fight it it's a let's let's do us as we might say like do you enjoy your life take what you can because you know what's out there rather than getting hung up on all the mm. other issues that are holding you down they find something magical in life and exactly, I'll go back to what you said. It's the extraordinary and the ordinary. And I think the beauty of film is showing that in life, the the, the truest things are in the ordinary. And this film 100% does that. It just, it reminds you of it all the way through, but it leaves you with the real sense of, even though the ending of it is slightly disappointing in the way that you kind of, you want more for them, it's truly satisfying because of all those reasons. And I think it's just, it's a purely magical film. Yeah. All round. All round. And I just want to give a nod as well to not the closing scene, but the last section where um he turns up in his press duties with the photographer and they are stood like behind the line while she's on the platform, pretty much doing a press conference, um, talking about her time in Rome. Hundred percent Notting Hill were yeah, following from that. Absolutely. Like yeah. I was watching it, I was like Notting Hill. This is Notting Hill. And Notting Hill is a, a softer version of it because everything goes a bit more fairy tale there. And I know I've banged on quite a few times on the podcast how Notting Hill is absolutely one of my favourite films. So that added even more to yeah, it, yeah. knowing that that had been borrowed from this film. But they do something even more with it in this film. Obviously, this is the original go at it but they do something more powerful and deep with it just that dynamic of the person who's in the establishment and power and the person who's in the day-to-day life but the connection that they've had being crossed they are crossing those formal barriers in that moment they do it in Notting Hill but Notting Hill actually goes on for them to get together and have the fairy tale whereas they have it in this this borrowed moment which they're only allowed to have there but there's nothing that the the authorities can do and not everybody realises it and that is a moment that's above everything well, I and I think that yeah, yeah, that's the joy of that and I love that for like a, a section of cinema is like sublime yeah no I yeah I agree it is sublime and I, when you said Notting Hill there I was just thinking about it I was like you know Notting Hill the sort of the person the to, she's a the, the, per, the powerful person in that is like the big movie star whereas the powerful yeah, person in the yeah. 1950s is you know a royal a dynasty you know what i mean it's like absolutely it's it, absolutely oh, it's, not, it's the same movie in it <laughs> like it's just the same movie slightly different there's a there's a lot of them there must have been some inspiration there 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. uh but yeah it's magical sublime just loved it so much it's such a great movie <laughs> right right let's look to wrap this up because i'm sure yeah. that we could absolutely pour our hearts out over this all evening callum but i think we've covered the key points of the film there and said what we think I'm going to wrap up. As I said, it gave me so much more than I thought. I expected a straight up 
Hollywood fairy tale romantic experience. None of those things. It was deep. It was meaningful. It was captivating. It was funny throughout. It was very funny. And the characters were so well developed. As you said, felt ahead of its time, but I think it was just a powerful piece of cinema that stood the test of time. So relevant now because, not just because of the issues, but because of the characters it develops and the themes it explores. Coming into it, I was dancing between two numbers out of 10, and I just thought I'd have to let myself decide as we go, but 10 out of 10 mm. is a 10 out of 10 film. I like I I was thinking I'll knock it down to 9 if I can find something to pick from it that I, I disliked, but I can't. I can't. I'm just just then we even mentioned the fight scene, which is it just works for so many ways where they have a dust up at a, <laughs> at a dance by the river. It's like, what's how does that work? Sublime. What a film. 10 out of 10. We'll watch this numerous occasions in the future. And who'd have thought that a 1953 black and white film would have had such an impact. But it has. And I can only thank you for suggesting it and put it in the mix, Count. Thank you. No, I, I'm glad I have. Um, it gives us something else to talk about at the pub, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> for sure. Always. Um, always. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be 10 out of 10, hasn't it? It's just so good. It's so good. I mean, it's just a kaleidoscope of feeling i just love it like you know yeah it's it's great to look at i guess aesthetically but the th- the themes that it that it brings out just delicate delicately deals with all those themes about media culture relationships romantic comedy action almost it's political as well it's funny i just think it's so good um it's a real interesting movie and makes you think about um, experience and why that's important I think why is human experience yeah. important over everything else mm-hmm. um, you should find uh, beauty in the ordinary aspects of your existence um, and I have to keep reminding myself that not everything has to be um, you know uh, have some sort of grand meaning I guess you can find extraordinary feeling in you know, wandering through a fruit market in the centre of Rome, which I guess is pretty extraordinary anyway. I mean, it is quite extraordinary, but I know. think this has been a revelation for the Glacé Film Club recently, as we talked about in the last few episodes, I think, of this idea of um, not getting hung up on having to have extraordinary experiences for, for yeah. life to be extraordinary in, in of itself. And again, what I love about film and when film is at its best is when it gives you a window into something which you can then develop yourself and 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 get a little bit more of an insight into your own life and this film in a in a unpredicted way has done that yeah. so much no it has and like i mean i was just going to say then like um like wandering through a fruit market in rome is quite extraordinary it has a different ring to it when you say oh, i wandered through a fruit market in rotherham last weekend you know what i mean it's completely different <laughs> but at the same time it's like it that's not the point the point is you can find um beauty in experience and that's exactly what this movie does so 10 out of 10 for me for sure thank you Callum. thank you very much and thank you for sharing this conversation with me. It's been an absolute joy to discuss that film with mm. you. Uh, so excited to chat about it after watching it, and I'm very glad you felt the same way. Wonderful film, wonderful review. Can't wait for the next one. And of course, I keep teasing it. We're getting very close to our 50th episode. We've got some special plans for that one, and we will let you know as soon as we record that one. But until then... 
Keep watching films. We sure will do. Callum will be going through the rest of the Mission Impossible series, I imagine, <laughs> very soon in his run of action films. But of course, we'll be diving into a whole range of different releases. Can't wait to chat some more with you, Callum. But until next time, we'll see you all later.